When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. My talkers, thanks for hanging out with us on this Tuesday. And it is going to get warm the next couple days. But just like Holly said, we've got some severe weather possibly coming in. But don't worry, Lori and Julie are going to take you guys through all of that the next couple days. And we've got some fun things coming up today as well. Let's have a good show. Oh, we have so much going on. Well, our host on a post today is Donna. So look for her all over our website. It'll be the photo of her with the stocking cap on. Yes. She's an elf on a shelf or a host on a post, as we like to call it. And if you find her, you can enter the contest to win $1,000 that we're giving away every Friday through the end of the year. At five thirty, just this week and next week. Well, that's every Friday through the end of the year. Well, isn't it? No. It, oh, do we have another one? No, there's not anything New Year's. Oh, you know, I mean, it's just this week Hell and Alex. next week. Yeah. Right. So anyway, just to keep yeah. our contest real straight, Julia, and Thank then tomorrow you. we have a Santa stop. We're at Creative Hair Expressions in Roseville, which is not in the mall. It's on Fairview. So put it in your Google and come and meet us there. Maybe bring some toys. But we're very excited to be at a wig shop. I cannot wait. Same. I cannot wait. I can't wait either. And then we are also giving away, we're having a contest. Um, we'll do it next hour. We're giving away uh, a pair of tickets for opening night at the Order of the Don- uh, Ordway of the Donna Summer Musical. And we're making you work for the tickets. We are. Which is new for as us. As opposed to working hard for your money. <laughs> which is opposed to just dialing and being the seventh caller. Yeah, because there, you know? there's something worthwhile to win. Yeah. yeah. I kind of want to go to the I show. I totally want to go to the show. Yeah, I just haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, I know. I can't plan out. that week out. Yeah, I know. Same, same, it's, same, it's same. silly. So, anyway, Julia, you have okay, something so you want to share with the, uh, the crowd. You know how I hate grocery shopping. But I was out of half and half this morning, so I actually had to go to a grocery store to you, get cream. You told me you were going grocery shopping last night. Couldn't do it. I cannot stand grocery shopping. I just, love grocery Lord shopping. Lori loves oh, it. Oh, I hate it. I'm I, with you. Oh, no. Grant. We have that in common. Yeah. Finally, Finally, something you and I yeah. have in common. You could not pay me to it's go so to a grocery store. It's so relaxing going oh. to the grocery store. Oh, no. It's oh. it's I mean, it's stressful. It's like, oh, I want that, but I can't have it, but I want it. I No, no. Too many you decisions. You must not go with a list. That's true. I don't. Oh, that would make it better. Oh, Lori. Yeah. You're you right. You must not go, go with a list. You're right, though. I can't even think of when I ever have. Oh, I have a little fridge magnet and i write down stuff and i'm like oh i have five things i gotta go i don't have to go and that's probably why i don't go i mean you have a husband who likes to eat who likes food yeah and and i just don't have to go except for for me so i can just whittle things down in my house till i have very little left but today it was um i'm looking in the cream section where are you at jerry's food in woodbury very nice and um running around looking for some half and half 
and I see something in a very familiar name staring out at me from the creamer section. And I gave you guys a blind taste test, a little sip of this said concoction. And your thoughts were, Lori, because I, I bought it for you. I know. I, I, I <laughs> thought you, it was disgusting plain in a okay. paper cup. It was too thick and it made me think of eggnog. Okay, it's a creamer, okay, kind of thing. And what did you think, Grant? I drinks creamer straight. Well, this was a little taste okay, test. Okay. a little flavor. As for, mm-hmm. the fl- for the flavor itself, it was Christmas in a cup. It was. It was Christmas in a cup. I love the taste of it. Yeah, I love the taste of it. A little thick, but if you mix that with something, ooh, ooh dangerous. Yeah. Could be it's, dangerous. It's fireball creamer. Really? Oh, it's fireball creamer. Creamer. Why do we call it That's, holiday nog. It's fireball kind of nog creamer, kind of there's like an eggnog, mm-hmm. but there's no eggs in it. Mm-hmm. So it's really a fireball creamer. Because Lori's Never. like, I taste gingerbread, and someone's like, I taste cinnamon. cinnamon. I taste wow. the other pumpkin. And the other you taste <laughs> pumpkin, and the other people in our office, this is so good. They knew what they were drinking. That's oh. awesome. So what I just died because I've never seen it. It's, it's I was so excited, and I'm like, I've seen a new product. I mean, really. Some sections of the um, grocery store have grown so much, like the creamer section and the milk section, because there's oat milk, almond milk, pea milk, peanut milk, coconut milk, unsweetened, unsweetened, lactose-free polish, whatever, but then the creamers. And then to see Fireball sitting there, I'm like, oh my gosh. That would be good with some Fireball in it, it on the rocks. What they suggest, and it would be a great way to cut through a little bit of that Fireball bite, is that you would put um, one part fireball and two parts of this fireball noggy. And then ice. Yes. Oh, fantastic on Mm. ice. Or you would add um, this to your coffee. Mm -hmm. If you like that cinnamon taste, there's no eggs in it. Mm -hmm. So they just, fireball originally was, um, came out in, I believe, the 80s. I had some random fact on this last week. Smirnoff. Smirnoff when they were originally doing all of these. I like Shmirnoff. I know, so. it's like a schmore. <laughs> it's a Shmirnoff. A schmuzzer, a schmore. But when they first came out with all these schnapps, another another great SCH, yeah. they came up with, um, you know, um, a red hot schnapps, mm-hmm. hot damn, mm-hmm. yeah. if you remember. Hot damn, I think has a little more apple bite, but they came out with Fire Hot, but then Fireball branded it and has, of course, made a gazillion dollars. I'm sure. But this would be a great, fun gift for people who love Fireball. Mm-hmm. Fireball but, came out in 1984. Good year. Yep. Yeah. Great mm-hmm. time. I, had, I thought that was like a recent craze. They rebranded they re- it. Yeah. Because yeah. they repackaged it and gave it its own name because it used to just be in the regular member schnapps bottles yeah. all looked oh, yeah. alike. Yeah. 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 Lime, is- lemon, butterscotch. Yeah. All of them. Peppermint, as it were. Yeah. Great like job, butterscotch. Oh, butterscotch. Oh, Ooh. butterscotch. That's it. That was my <laughs> afternoon drink at the Saratoga for jazz. It reminds me of, even though it's off topic, with blackberry brandy, too. Oh, oh that's mm. Julie's dad. Oh, 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 yeah. Little blackberry brandy. Honey, hold my ear. Hold my, hold my hearing aids and get me a, <laughs> a blackberry shot of blackberry brandy. brandy. Oh, yeah. oh, I drank you know, a lot of that in my youth. Yeah. My dad was always Ooh. like, honey, Hold One my, more thing or hold something yeah. or get me something. But yeah. it was always, honey, can yeah. you please? Yeah. Uh-huh. If it wouldn't bother you too much, before mm-hmm. you sit down, just one more thing. That's right. My dad was so <laughs> kind about asking us to yeah. take care of him. I love it. Wait on him hand and foot. It yeah. was really sweet. He, so was anyway. very, he was very smart, though, about taking out the hearing aids in a dance place. Yeah. Too loud. Oh, yeah. oh too 100%. Loud. Yeah. 
Oh, Daddy-o. I know. My mom, my poor mom keeps losing her hearing aids with the masks. I mean, a lot of people, oh, I think, yeah. taking the masks on and off. So my mm-hmm. mom has gone through, I think the hearing aid business has probably boomed with COVID yeah. because people are losing them so often. Yeah. My mom uh, called me yesterday and she had to go get her earwax. Oh, she has the no. narrow canals, like the like mother, like daughter. That's right. And they only got one cashew out of the other ear, and the other ear was so impacted. She almost started crying. It hurt so much. It was so solidly in there. So I had sent her this LED handheld like light for her rheumatoid rheumatoid arthritis on her hand. Right. It gets so oh, sore. And oh. and a friend of mine, hey Annie, had said, you know, try one of these little handheld LED lights. And you just hold it over the area that hurts? Yes. Oh. And it's very like so and then it shuts off after like half hour. So I said to her last night, I said, Mom, don't hold it right next to your but try and melt that earwax and put that little heater next to your ear <laughs> that's a good so idea it'll drain. so it'll maybe loosen up and the debrox will work and she said i did it and i heard some crinkling oh, oh you know so something was moving yeah oh, that's, i mean it, it you know i it, have that same issue it's not fun no Boy, you too oh yeah the earwax, the earwax is real, thing. people. Yeah, it's a real problem. It's a real deal, and I don't mind it. Like if I was at a heavy concert, you know, season. Sure, it was automatic earplug. It right, <laughs> homemade. Yeah, homemade. <laughs> All right, listen. When we come back, it is our story. We can't get enough of. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us on this Tuesday. We're going to be productive, and it appears the day we've all been waiting for has finally arrived. Britney Spears, who was recently freed from her debilitating conservatorship is back on social media with a big ass microphone and a rightful vengeance for people who are complicit against her. And she is telling Diane Sawyer to kiss her white ass. And I think Diane Sawyer needs to take shelter immediately. I I mean, I mean, she did take down the Instagram post, but she went into a lot of detail. And let me tell you, I am proud of Britney for speaking her damn mind. I'm thrilled that this is just the beginning of Britney Spears list that's been accumulating for more than 20 years. There's sharks in the water and Britney's on Instagram taking no prisoners. And, you know, we were shocked in the framing Britney Spears when we looked back, when we looked back at the interview that Diane Sawyer did with her in two thousand and three, and how weird the questioning was for a a woman, b a young woman, and c a, well, a musician. We were, it was just so weird. We These, were questioning all the ways that media treated Britney Spears because they showed outtakes from the Matt Lauer interview, yeah. um, outtakes from the Diane Sawyer, and a few other ones. Well, Britney's got time on her hands and. In this now infamous interview in which Diane Sawyer grilled a 21-year-old Britney Spears for a 45-minute primetime special, which she said her dad made her do. Here's just a sampling of what we saw in that interview. The most famous 21-year-old on the planet. She's everywhere. Think you know her? Think again. What happened to her clothes? Well, I have on clothes now. Britney Spears and Diane Sawyer setting the record straight. You've had a rough year. A year that would test a lot of people. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, oh my goodness. Hello. Ew. Um, yeah, it was weird. 
No Holds Barred. Do you like your voice? I think my voice is okay, but I would love to have a voice like Christina. I would love to have a voice like Whitney Houston. I love their voices. And what about that kiss? So here's the definitive for the last time ever Madonna kiss, okay? And of course, Justin. You did something that caused him so much pain, so much suffering. What did you do? Brittany, yeah. What did you do that was so bad? Can you imagine? Do you like your voice? What happened to your clothes? <laughs> I am here for Brittany Drag yeah. and Diane Sawyer and Diane having to take shelter because it is so tawdry looking back at that interview. Oh, it, it's it's shocking mm-hmm. to sit down with she was the biggest phenom out there at the time and do you like your that's just the dumbest thing i and think. what did you do to him right it was so <laughs> shocking you did something so, so bad to justin to, what did you do really when you think about it it's all really none of these questions would be asked right now and never to a man Oh, never. Do you like Absol- your voice? Yeah, absolutely Bob Dylan, not. do you like your gravelly voice? Right. <laughs> Let yeah, me just no ask you. Um, and, and, and here's what Brittany said, you know, in some of the in- Instagrams. She said, um, she said, do we dare forget the Diane, Center interv- Diane Sawyer interview in my apartment almost 20 years ago? Question, question. What was with the you're in the wrong approach? Jeez, and making me cry. Seriously, though, I lived in my apartment for a year and never spoke to anyone. My manager put that woman in my house and made me talk to her on national television. And then she asked me if I had a shopping problem. Um, And seriously, though, um, when did I have a problem with shopping? I never left my apartment. Something I never shared when I had that big breakup years ago was that I couldn't talk afterwards. I didn't talk to anyone for a long time. I was in shock. Pretty lame of my dad and three men to show up at my door when I could hardly speak. And then two days later, they put Diane Sawyer in my living room and forced me to talk. I was a baby. I was almost 22, and I didn't understand. Um, she, anyway, I would like to say now, ma'am, I'm a Catholic slut. And, you know, she kind of goes on. She's got a stream <laughs> of consciousness at... Um, in her Instagram, she also wrote, I'm embarrassed for the state of California for permitting my father to have me work as hard as he worked all those years and never seen a, seen a dime. I'm embarrassed for all of them. And I'm sad for them because I know my value and worth now and they lost me. Um, she also says she doesn't want to tour again. She hates it. But she might change her mind on that. But she was Wait. forced to tour. Um, I'm waiting for her to drop how she feels about Justin Timberlake and how dirty he did her, slut shaming her in interviews, bragging, laughing on MTV about taking her virginity. You know. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. M- milking the crimey like a river song and letting it be known that he felt Britney cheated on him, even though they had a young relationship, yeah, you know, know, they were young. And having the Britney look alike, I, I'm I'm ready for that stream of consciousness Instagram. It'll, I feel like they're all going to come, Lori. I think one of the shocking things about this for me is that no one, no one was on her side. No one was protecting Britney. No, Every, she was just a commodity away. in her family. And then the news media yeah. wanted to, to take advantage of the story because then they could have play the little clips and sh- uh, you know photos. And, right. I mean, Diane Sawyer. Sawyer even asked her, everyone always thought you had a different relationship to young girls. Well, Brittany didn't ask to be the, you know, like, I'm going to be the role model for for young girls. I mean, this was something that was just put on her. And then Diane Sawyer as well. We thought you had a different relationship to young girls. And now you're modeling basically bad behavior. Really? Because of her belly bearing shirts, piercing the belly. I mean... It would uh, never happen today, what happened to her 20 years ago, basically. And so no. the Cry Me the River song um, that Justin Timberlake, it came out in 2002, and that was supposed to be about her yeah, um, and her cheating on him. That was always the thing. And then he went on and kind of alluded to it, like you were talking about in the MTV video, um, the MTV interview and some other interviews and kind of made fun of it, like, yeah, you know, right. she, she, I'm the victim here, Justin acted like. And for her to say... I couldn't even talk. I was so traumatized. I didn't leave my apartment. And then for my dad and the team to show up with Diane Sawyer to interview me. And just, and, and probably told her this is going to save your career or some kind of BS like that. Yeah. You know, because there's been all these tabloid stories. I mean, I am so glad. There's me. no respect for her is basically what you were hearing in, in that interview. There was None. absolutely no respect for this young woman who was selling a gob of albums, who people were showing. I mean, remember, they all started showing up for malls. She started in the malls. Mm-hmm. And people were just in love with her. I mean, we were crazy for her music. Yeah, I think I think uh, Brittany is going back and looking at some of these interviews. I want her to do something like this with, uh, you know, Justin Timberlake Matt and Lauer. drag his butt. Matt Lauer, yeah, she could do him. There's a number of interviews mm-hmm. uh, that, or, that she could just sit on her couch and Google. Yes, you know, she could just Google, but um, I love it. Kiss my white ass. Well, and and also, you know, know, that's so so great. I'm here for it. She's already. And then, like you said at the beginning, she put it up and already deleted it. But she gets out there. It gets up there. She's, you know, her sister, her dad. I mean, she's probably got a lot and her mom. She's got a a long list. And I I hope that she keeps going down the thing Mm -hmm. and uh giving us more of this and we've always loved her stream of consciousness when she's whether she was right in her fan letters dear fans on facebook way back then dear fans i've got a ford or ford Lori used to read her read her um things in a southern (laughs) accent we always did yeah they were they They were were, really fun yeah Yeah, they were they were really fun and then somebody made her stop doing it yep 
to your fans. Probably your dad. I was going to say it's definitely probably your dad. Probably, probably, dad. But yeah. anyway, so uh, it's pretty explosive. Pretty mm-hmm. made my Monday night. Let you, me tell Lori you. Lori texts me and I'm like, oh dear, I'm not <laughs> ready for this stuff tomorrow. Night, yeah, please. well, it's a it's a shocking one. It yeah. is. Listen, we come back. Uh, one of our favorite authors, Brian Freeman, has written a, uh, another Jason Bourne novel called The Bourne Treachery. It's fantastic. We're talking with him when we come back. All right, and when we get... Hey, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us today. Welcome to the Lori and Julia Book Club. We have Brian Freeman with us, and we're talking to Brian today about a Jason Bourne novel, which he was selected by the, uh, you know, Robert Ludlum estate to continue on the exciting sagas of Jason Bourne and this book, The Bourne Treachery, is what we're talking to Brian about today. Hi, welcome. Hi, Brian. Hey, great to talk to you again. Oh, Brian, my gosh. Is this the second Bourne book that you've done, The Bourne Treachery? It it is. Last year it was The Bourne Evolution, and now this year The Bourne Treachery. So good. It was so thrilling and so exciting. It gave, I had nightmares. I had a a scary dream I was getting uh, chased on a cliff. From she did. She did. Book. She did. Mm-hmm. How, I don't know how you. It feels like you wrote four books in the last eighteen months. You know, I actually have. It's it's kind of crazy, but uh, I, I guess that's one silver lining in all this crazy pandemic stuff. I've I've gotten a lot of writing done. Wow. So you wrote Spilled Blood. Which books did no, you write? Infinite. In? The Deep Deep Snow. No. The Deep okay. Deep Snow and uh, Infinite came out earlier this year, that's right. and uh, I'm working on a newborn book right now, and uh, uh, and then the follow up book to The Deep Deep Snow, the Ursalina, will be coming out in print and ebook uh, in February. How do you, you just, I mean, so do you just sit, how many hours a day do you write, Brian? Brian Freeman's also a local author that people should be familiar with. How how many hours a day, Brian? You know, I, I still kind of see writing as a, as a nine-to-five job. I was in the traditional workforce for so long that that's just kind of still the way I do it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm usually in the office by 9 a.m., and uh, somewhere around 5 o'clock, Marsha unlocks the door and lets me out. So. <laughs> well, give us the setup of The yes. Bourne Treachery, because it really is a great new chapter in Jason Bourne's life. It, it is a very thrilling and exciting storyline, but, but give people the setup. For the Bourne yeah, Church. you know, it, it's been so much fun, you know, kind of bringing, you know, a whole new life to Jason Bourne. And, and it, it's kind of like starting the series over in, in, uh, in a lot of ways. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a very exciting book. It starts out with a bang that uh, Bourne and uh, his lover Nova are, uh, are trying to uh, smuggle a Russian spy out of uh, Tallinn, Estonia. And it's a mission that goes spectacularly wrong. And uh, so three years later, uh, Bourne is back in uh, at uh, in London as a World Trade Organization group, uh, trying to uh, trying to sort of make up for that failure. But he finds out uh, very quickly that uh, everything that he thought was going on in Estonia three years ago actually may have been very very different. I mean, it's so good. And, and do people really do Russians or you know in the spy world do people refer to Putin as the moth? Is that a, it, you know they actually do that is that is true <laughs> because I was like I'd never really right. heard that because you do such a great job of like it feels like this is all believable stuff that could be happening that we don't even know about. Yeah, I think I, I think I should be looking over my shoulder here. Just make sure there's nobody in, in trench coats hanging out on the corner. <laughs> well, this book came out in the summer, over, yeah, yeah. The, over the summer, and it's taken us yeah. this long to get to you and to read it. And do you, um, 
you know, it's the holiday gift giving time and we always think books are such a fantastic thing. Mm -hmm. And the thing I think that's kind of cool about Robert Lebman's books, The Bourne, Treachery, you can pick up a book as a standalone. Yes. You know, you don't have to go in the order of all the books and the same, you know, with your books, too, that you can stand alone. It helps and some of them, it gives you a different insight, but it, it's not necessary at all. And if it was your first, you wouldn't notice. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that's what I try to do whenever I write series books is, is I want to present each series book so a reader can dive right in. If they want to go back and read the earlier books, you know, that's great. But they, they can get a full, rich experience of the characters with each book. Yeah, and thank you for writing some sexy time in The Born Treachery. Yeah, I enjoyed that. a good sex scene in The Born Treachery. I, I like that one, yeah. Is that <laughs> do you run this you by to... your wife? Yeah, is that hard for you to write a sex scene? <laughs> yeah, I, I had to get clearance for that one, yeah. <laughs> well, we know your wife is your partner, so, in everything, so she... I this bet... is true, and my first editor on, on every new book. Yeah, so she probably does give you insight. Yes, indeed, uh, that's absolutely true. Yeah, that's... I mean, it's just, you do such a great job in just, you know, building out the storyline. I had no idea you know, which way it was going to turn, but it is, you know, everything that we want a spy or CIA or, you know, undercut, it's, it's, it was gripping. Well, good. And I, and I, I wanted to throw in a couple twists right at the end that readers don't see coming. So it uh, kind of sets up what's happening next. In fact, right now I'm working on the next Jason Bourne novel, The Bourne Sacrifice will be out next summer. Okay, so honest to Pete, again, it's a nine to five job. Right. I understand this is what you're good at. Yes. This is what you do. You're a Carleton College, you know, right. um, alum, and you are Minnesota's own. Do you have, I remember when you first got, you came in and talked about the first Jason Bourne book you were doing for the Robert Ludman estate. Ludman's estate, and it was a three book deal. It will, do you, did they renew you, or how does it move on after your next book? Yep, yep. We, uh, we we did the first book, The Born Evolution, and then a, a deal for The Born Treachery, and, and then they came back uh, uh, this fall and said, uh, gosh, we want you to do two more. So uh, so I'm working on The Born Sacrifice right now. That'll be out next summer, and uh, and then I'll I'll dive into the uh, the fourth uh, Born book next year. So uh, and it, it's 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 so much fun. I, I it, it gives me something. Uh, you know, I, I when you're only you know only writing a couple books a year, I mean, you don't want to get bored or anything. So uh, so now adding Born into the equation, uh, it, it's uh, it's keeping me hopping. But you know, I, I also love then being able to write you know the Stride novel set up in Duluth and the, and the right. standalones I do. So uh, I, that that's that's what keeps it. Uh, energizing for me is uh, every, every time I put down one book and pick up another book, it's it's a completely different story, a completely different kind of character. Do you get inspiration for the Born books? Do you get some of your ideas from like real life events that are happening? Yeah, you know, I I do. In fact, uh, you know, there there was a there there was a a, a well known uh, a well known case uh, in Russia probably about twenty years ago where a uh, a long time uh, uh, Russian spy for the UK actually had to be smuggled out of. Uh, uh, of Russia because they had found out about him. And uh, I, I read a great book about that uh, uh, by Ben McIntyre, a nonfiction book. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was sort of the inspiration for the opening of The Born Treachery, the idea of trying to uh, smuggle this Russian spy out of Estonia. Where where does the moth, a.k.a. Putin, where, where does he send people? That the bad he, people. Well, the people that are spying or that he views as a threat. Is it a gulag? Is there a place that we don't know of? Or do you even know? 
No, I don't know. I'm not sure how many actually make it that That's what point. I was wondering, Lori, when you said <laughs> that. I got the know. bottom of a lake or yeah. something. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> okay, so how, how about I get one more question for you about the born treachery? Because you do write one of the things, you know, you've got people, you know, spying on each other and people trying to protect people. But when somebody gets captured and you write about, um, like I'll say, Nova, um, or any a couple of other characters, but you write about the psychological torture, torture that people do with music. Now, do you do research into that? Yeah, a little, little, little bit, little bit. Uh, in in order to sort of make I, it's always that it's always that fine line. You want it to to feel authentic, and then mm-hmm. you also want it to feel you know dramatic and 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 sort of out there. So uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a very intense scene where uh, the the assassin who goes by the uh, the quirky nickname Lennon uh, spelled actually like John Lennon not like the Russian mm-hmm, Lennon right. uh, uses uses the Beatles music as sort of the soundtrack to yeah. his uh, uh, to his interrogation that was so a nice it, it, twist it makes it it makes it scary but at the same time it, it there's a quirkiness to it that I think is uh, just sort of right for that kind of character did you were you always a little off Brian growing up <laughs> <laughs> well I, that's unquestionably true yeah <laughs> I believe it. Okay, so if you're just joining us, we're talking with local author Brian Freeman. His latest in the Born series is The Born Treachery. And it's been out for a while, so there's really good deals on it right now if people mm-hmm. want to buy the hardcover book or get the ebook or something. Um, it's Lori has been reading it nonstop. I'm not as fast of a reader as her, so I'm behind her, but she literally came into work yesterday. <gasps> This book, this book, it kept me up. It kept well, me up. I really do. I've always been. I love these kinds of yes. books. I love, you know, espionage, and, but they have to be good. They have yes. to be ri- well written and, and with a story that feels believable. And so it just feels like because people are like born. I read him like, you the know, born 20, identity 20, so 20, 30 years ago. And I'm like, well, you know, he's still with us and he's as good as ever. Do you? Well, and that was that was really the the fun challenge for me was was bringing Bourne into the modern era and yeah. Yeah. rebooting the entire series because Jason Bourne started out in the Bourne Identity and it was forty years ago. Was that it was back forty, in 40 years ago? I mean, they could out. get another actor to well, base on you. these three books, and someone could have a trio of movies and do like what Matt Damon did. Right, I, I certainly would love to see them, uh, you know, reboot Jason Bourne again and uh, and and bring him back. Because uh, it, it's, uh, I think it's just been really exciting, kind of you know, giving uh, Bourne kind of a whole new lease on life. Do you like hear Charlie from them? Hunnam to be Do you Jason hear from Bourne. them at all that they would be interested in this? I haven't yet, but you know, I, uh, I I I'm sure they have taken notice of the fact that we've been getting a lot of attention for these uh, for these couple of Bourne books and the Bourne Treachery. You know, hit the USA Today, USA Today bestseller list, so it's been a it's been a great hit. So uh, uh, it's been a lot of fun hearing from from readers about it. So we're, we're hope Matt Damon's out there uh, watching the uh, watching the bestseller list. Right. I hope so. Do you? Oh, yeah, well, I was just going to say, do how is the best way for people to you know like. Uh, interact with you do you like them to go to brianfreeman.com or your facebook it's, page uh it's b dot com. Yeah. all one word b dot com. uh but yeah they can also find me on facebook and twitter and instagram uh, okay. just search for brief b freeman books and they'll find me out there and brian do you i know that you're always writing from nine to five but maybe you have time from eight to ten every night do you have a great book that you just read that you think we should know about too 
Oh, you know, I I do a lot of uh, I, I do a lot of nonfiction books. As uh, you know, I actually mm-hmm. take a lot of inspiration uh, from that. Uh, so I, I mentioned the Ben McIntyre uh, book that I read, uh, the 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 Traitor and the Spy, which was just a a, a terrific book and kind of gave me some uh, some insights into that world that I was able to to, to leverage in the Born Treachery. Okay, got it. Well, keep writing, Brian. Of course, we know you've got your book, Ursulina, coming out, and we've got two copies of the book to give away, so we'll get another date on the calendar with you. And thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, and have a great holiday season. You too, Brian. Great talking to you. 651-641-1071 for the first two callers. We'll We'll be right back. Thank you. Did we just add this Christmas song? Maybe Amy was listening. I don't oh, know. This is the Ed Sheeran and Elton John. Yes. And we all really like it. I love this song. Some of the critics are like, it's so corny. And it's like, well, what's wrong with a corny Christmas song? I feel like a lot of them. A lot of them are. <laughs> I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. I think it's a requirement almost. Okay, so I have to share with you this story. I don't know if you saw it because it was in Us Weekly... And Life and Style. Now, Two bro- magazines I haven't read in a long time. But you can read them online. Yes, of course. You know, but they both had this same story. Okay. As well as Dumois weighing in, which okay. is the Instagram uh, blind items um, account. But basically, Life and Style and Us Weekly are running a story about... Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel. Are they headed for divorce? He was at the Memphis Grizzlies game um, a couple weeks ago. Where he's from. Right. Mm -hmm. She's living in Montana. Mm -hmm. Private family vibes. And he was there without a wedding ring on. Okay. That was noticed. Does he usually wear one? Because a lot of guys don't wear them. So I wonder if he even usually wears one. He must. He okay. must, I'm thinking. because That would have they, been the next step in the reporting. That's okay. right. And then Instagram shared, or Dumois shared a story that he was seen making out with a woman at a bar in Atlanta where he's filming a movie called Reptile. Now, in 2019, late 2019, Justin Timberlake was spotted on the balcony of the Abyssinth Bar in the French Quarter of New Orleans with his hand up his co-star's legs. Mm-hmm. And his wife was very pregnant. Which we didn't know. And French kissing her tonsils. Okay, that's how far back uh, they were. So, And then he did an Instagram apology to Jessica Biel. And then like three months later, we found out she had their second son. So she was heavily pregnant while he was in New Orleans filming a movie that... I think it was called Palmer. Yeah, and uh, people actually like yeah, it. Yeah, people did yeah. like it. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a good. I watched it. It yeah, was really yeah. good. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, Jessica, quote unquote, is doing her best to ignore the rumors, says a source, but it's getting more and more difficult. This relationship might not be salvageable. Uh, how much more humiliation can she take? An insider told. Because since then, besides the public apology to his wife, he did a public apology basically 
a semi-public apology to both Britney Spears after framing Britney Spears came out and Janet Jackson. He tried to so he's had to do a lot of apologizing in and the last all year. crappy apologies, I'd like to all add. Right, there, um, I knew you would. Uh, I well, wouldn't expect anything less from you. Here's the thing. I mean, I've we've always thought they were a weird couple. They don't have. They don't seem to like each other that much. They don't have any visible chemistry together, and it seems like he's with her because she doesn't draw any attention away from him. Mm-hmm. And they just have seemed odd. I mean, to me. But the thing is, I do think he is a serial habitual cheater. Yeah. Okay. And, I think that's fair. Yeah, and I think that, um, and I think they live very separate lives. I think she's in Montana with the boys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she talked him into selling his Hollywood bachelor pad, which he had, you know, he said the whole time that they've been married, he's going to keep his bachelor pad, quote unquote, to play pool at. Well, this. And so they've sold that and they right. moved to Montana. And I, I've got to think that, you know, maybe the calls aren't just coming in for him. He's definitely not a pop star but if he's filming hits. something right now, I, I know reptile. I'm just saying, I don't think his career is red hot waiting for Britney to may maybe take Justin mm-hmm. to the cleaners like she did with Diane Sawyers. But anyway, I totally, totally believe it. But I just thought it's interesting that you've got Dumois with uh-huh. somebody who was at the bar in Atlanta that saw this. You've got Life and Style and Us Weekly. It's just a lot. Uh huh. You know, and it is December. This is a fine time of the year to ditch a cheating. It, it's a fine time. People usually wait till after the holidays. But I mean, Lori. it's a fine time to make that decision. Like that, this will be the last Christmas I'm cheated on. And Jessica Biel right now is filming something called Candy. Mm-hmm. It's a TV miniseries. Um, so that's going on you know, right her now. Her show that she produced that was so good, The Sinner. That yeah. was the last. Oh, this season, was the last this season. Last one with Bill Pullman as Detective Harry. Is it Ambrose. over? Yeah. Was it good? Great. Okay, I have all six. I haven't watched one. I didn't erase them. They're all sitting there for me. So so okay. good. He really is just a great detective. He is. His character and Bill Pullman is so good. And so I'll always root for Jessica Beale. I'm rooting for her to get away from him. She can do so much better. Me too. Don't you think? I think, I think so. so. I love her and I have lost Quite a bit of respect <laughs> for Justin Timberlake over the last few months after hanging out with you guys. Yeah. And I really hope she, if this is all true, she deserves someone that's well, not going to do mean, that to her. He did. He did. Yeah, you're right. So it's not in if. New Orleans. I mean, yeah, it's not if. It's not if. I don't it know is. if you guys have ever been to the French Quarter, but the Absinthe Bar is in a prominent position. It's a, a bar that's old, it's fun to go into, it's got the main floor, it's got the balcony. If you were trying to be sneaky, this isn't where this wouldn't be where you right. go. So he was just openly blatant, yeah. blatantly cheating on her as she was like seven months pregnant. Right. I mean, that is uh, that's wow. a ballsy move. Dog. Anyway, switching to something else. I saw this trailer when we saw West Side Story, and I think I don't know if I've seen it. I think I've seen it in the movie theater, but it's. Um, well, they showed the Downton Abbey, the next movie. That oh. looks amazing, where they go to the south of France. And if people haven't seen the last Downton Abbey movie, oh, my word. And you didn't you even didn't have, have to watch, watch the, the series. It was so good. It was. Because I never finished Downton Abbey, the uh-huh. series, and I loved the Yeah, because it's a standalone story. Mm-hmm. And in this standalone Downton Abbey, 
movie, um, the character played by Maggie Smith, the Dowager Grantham or whatever yes. her name is. She tells, and this is not spoiling anything because it's in the trailer. She tells um, her family that she's received a letter and that uh, many, many, many years ago when she was in her 20s, she had a summer rendezvous with a man who's now has died and has left her his estate, estate. in the south of France. Lovely. So that's the premise. But the other trailer they showed was for uh, also from Downton Abbey, the creator, and we've posted it. Mm-hmm. It's the HBO period drama called The Gilded Age. Yes. And it's a uh, Christine Baranski is in it, Cynthia Nixon, Audra McDonald. It looks really really good about old money versus new money mm-hmm. which if you kind of remember that um was it the Michelle Pfeiffer was in one where she was like there's like in the gilded age the new money versus the old money right and and everything was changing there was lights yes there was motors there were different things coming up in the gilded age and it's about a woman that moves from Philadelphia i think to New York City yes it's 1882 mm-hmm. and yes her big father- big Big, Big industrial changes happening then. And then industrial, like people became timber barons yes. and lumber, lumber barons and railroad that, that yes. were not from society. Yes. So it looks delicious. Gosh, I'm Holly thinking of that, that writer, Robin Spencer, who wrote The Gilded. You know, she writes about women, strong women characters in the Gilded Age. Yeah. Remember her, The Other Sister? Oh, yeah. Or the yeah, Olivia yeah. Sisters? Something. I can't think of the name. Oh, I love that book. Yeah. There have been movies. And yes. like Michelle Pfeiffer was yes. in one of that era. And and, uh, and you know who's in this, The Gilded Age, is um, this name, Thaisa Famiga. It's Via Famiga's little sister. Oh, there's another one? There is another one. Because I looked at her and I saw her. And Via Famiga is in something else that we're watching. Vera, Vera Famiga is in something else.